0: I'm Peter Medlin, and you are listening to Teacher's Lounge from WNIJ. If this is your first time here on our show, well, good news, it's a simple idea. We've all had teachers in our lives who helped shape who we are, and we want to hear about the educators who've inspired you and the educators in your community who deserve a spotlight. Every educator we have on this podcast, whether a teacher, a coach, a professor, is nominated by the folks who listen. So please do be a part of our show and tell us about the person who comes to your mind when we say that. And email us with your nominations at teacherslounge at niu.edu. This week on the show, we are doing something extra special. We are giving you a taste of what you've been missing out on if you have not checked out our Teacher's Lounge radio show. Yeah, every month, the last Friday of every month at 11 a.m. to be specific, This show airs as a radio program on WNIJ. Our next episode is out on June 24th. The radio show has a segment that you've never heard if you just listen to our Teacher's Lounge podcast. That segment is called Classroom Correspondent, and our correspondent is a teacher that you know if you're a longtime listener of Teacher's Lounge because he joins our show for our Top Education Issues episode every single year. Eric Serwin is an English teacher at Guilford High School in Rockford, and As our classroom correspondent, he also met with us every single month to check in on how the school year was going for him and his students in yet another very, very strange COVID school year. And this is how we try to get an accurate picture of what it's like to be inside the classroom each and every day. Now we're gonna take every segment from October all the way through the end of May and tell the story of his school year, the ups and the downs, holidays, tests, all of it. You'll hear the pandemic come in and out of focus. You'll hear about his students struggling to pass. You'll hear about them thrive, and a few even join his chess club. In some ways, the year was even more challenging than the last one, and you'll hear him explain why. I'll drop in between every month segment to give some additional context to the conversation, but now it's time to tell the story of the school year through the eyes of our classroom correspondent, Eric Serwin. We begin our tale in October as Eric catches us up, and how the new school year has started off.
1: You know, the first couple of days, it's just like going through the routines of like the beginning of the year. And so it still felt like just a normal school year. It felt the first week like we hadn't even taught last year at all. Like teaching didn't happen, <laughs> you know? And it, it really almost didn't. So then, yeah, I was just getting up and like doing my routines. And by the time I got to like day four or five, I was feeling in the groove. And then the first time we had a class discussion where the fireworks started going off, You know, it always takes a couple of weeks for kids to feel comfortable.
0: No fireworks last year.
1: No, no fireworks. There was one day, one day last year that I did during office hours where I invited kids to come back for extra help on an essay. And the ones that showed up were like the the students that were really engaged. And so we had a good day. And that was one day last year. (laughs) oh god it hurts to say that but so this year like in my AP lit classes there was a day where I forget what poem we were doing but one kid said something and I kind of asked a follow up which led them to respond and then the kids kind of started responding to them where they were having their own discussion and all I was doing is pointing like okay you next you next you next and at the end of that like 10 minutes until it kind of petered out where everyone had said what they wanted to say it was like oh it worked again
0: all of a sudden you had the, the popcorn kernels where one went off and you're like, wait a minute. And then they all started going off and you're like, oh, I forgot that this could happen.
1: Yeah. And so that was actually my first hint that like, oh, we did try and teach last year because I remember not feeling that ever. And so it was just a really good moment. And I think like the next day, one of my best friends upstairs, he's a math teacher. He asked me to come in and speak with him. He's like, I'm just not feeling it. The kids are not responding. And I, I felt guilty. I was like, I don't know how to talk to you about this because I have the exact opposite in my classroom.
0: You felt guilty <laughs> like, that things were going well.
1: Yes. And then, you know, hearing from some other friends, they were saying the same thing, like, oh, these kids just aren't responding. They're not doing anything. And when I would tell them like, hey, I'm doing really well, they would ask like, what are you doing? And I told them, I was like, just what I normally do. I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's because I have a student teacher in the room and they want to impress them. I don't know. (laughs) but uh, amazing
0: uh, that when you do the thing that worked before and it works again, all of a sudden it's surprising.
1: Yeah. I really had no idea what to expect going into the first day this year. I felt perfectly calm, which is odd because I usually get very nervous. And then like the last five minutes before the kids came into the room, because I have a first hour prep this year. So I don't have class first hour. So I'm waiting for second hour and the bell rang for passing period. So I had five minutes as kids were trickling into the room and my heart was going a mile a minute. I was absolutely just a train wreck of nerves. And it took me by surprise. And my student teacher, he was looking at me like, are you okay? I was like, I don't, I don't know. I think I'm okay.
0: <laughs> that's what it feels like being numb for a year and then feeling something again, right?
1: Yeah, that's, oh gosh, that's a good way to put it. But then, yeah, you know, actually I got like 15 minutes into my day one lesson the kids were just not into it, you know, because it was more like, you know, here's what we're doing. Here's the syllabus. Let's look at our units. And then I said, all right, we're not going to do this anymore. And I just jumped ahead to the last part of my lesson on the first day, which is, so I have kids write down three goals they have for themselves that year, two questions they have, and one emotion. And so we're usually I'm collecting them at the end of the hour, and then I answer the questions the next day, I just started answering the questions right away. And so we just got into a whole lot of, you know, oh, what's your favorite color? You know, who's your, who do you listen to for music? And then randomly kids would ask about the stuff I was going to talk about anyway. Right. But by letting the kids questions kind of guide it, I think that maybe just made Break them the feel ice. more comfortable. Yeah. Right. Because I imagine like I was terribly nervous, but I have students that hadn't stepped foot in the building in 18 months. Sometimes I forget that like these kids might not have left the basement for 18 months. And then other ones, they were going to work at grocery stores in the middle of class periods last year.
0: Yeah, there's a total wide range of experience. And I I feel like it's got to be weird. I don't know. You go back in there and you're like, oh, my God, everyone got older.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yes. The funniest thing this year, actually, within the first couple of days, kids would like broach the subject. It was like it's like taboo. Like, hey, can we see you with your mask off? You know, and so like it was a big thing to take the mask off and they'd be like, oh, my gosh, you have facial hair. (laughs) And then just yesterday, I had a kid that I've interacted with quite a bit. He's a very talkative, very engaged kid. He took his mask off to take a drink of water, and he had a mustache. And I was like, who are you? Look, <laughs> you look like a grown-up with that mask. Is that what, what you've done? been
0: hiding under there? <laughs> right?
1: So I imagine like, if the masks can come off, we're going to have another like getting to know you day. Like, What do you look like under that thing? Should do like a big reveal You know, when <laughs> yeah, the exactly. mandates go it's away. It's like the
0: mask singer all of a sudden. Yes. <laughs> First month down, but the whole rest of the year to go. You know, a common theme that you'll hear throughout this school year with Eric is that a lot of the stressful parts of the job, like dealing with angry parents, or trying to help students who might be struggling in your class, all of that happens in any school year, not just a pandemic-related one. But this year, it did feel like everything was just dialed up to 11. More students struggling, parents even more angry, and you start to get a taste of that in this second month. But you also get to hear about Eric's other education passion, the chess team. Now, November. Yeah, things still going well? Are they, are they getting even better?
1: Yeah, um, actually today was brilliant. We're just kind of kicking off like a, a prose, like reading short stories with my senior AP Lit. I actually, I was very burnt out because yesterday was a horrible afternoon. <laughs> and I was a hair's breadth away from calling in sick today just for mental health, just to take a day off yes i was like no we're doing cute gardens by virginia Woolf. i have to be there for that discussion and then the discussion was amazing like the last couple minutes of class i actually had to like cut kids off and be like no no we have to stop because i gotta tell you about your homework and the bell is gonna ring and and this and that but they still even after we did that there was like 30 seconds left and they still wanted to talk about the text it doesn't really have like a normal plot mm-hmm. so it's just these little kind of like vignettes and so the question to ask the kids is what connects them and this is the first time I've ever had a classroom full of kids that all had really clever ideas about like, well, maybe they're connected by this, or maybe they're connected by that. And they were all willing to share their ideas. And it was just very alive with literary discussion. It was
0: awesome. Yeah, that's the, usually the best kind of discussion, right? Because people could, could start to theorize. They start to connect all the dots.
1: Yeah. I mean, we had a couple of those first quarter, but it's like the magic happened. I assume it's because of me, you know. <laughs> I
0: have to. It's just you and Virginia Woolf, I have to imagine. Right. Things are going really well. You said you had a rough day a couple of days ago. Hopefully those rough, overwhelming days are getting at least like fewer and farther between these days.
1: The teaching isn't the rough part. Like that was the interesting thing. Is like yesterday, everything was really good. And then a couple of weeks ago, the end of the quarter where, you know, all kinds of tests and everything, like it gets stressful. So the kids are more on edge and they gripe a little bit, but that's all like normal. That was really pleasantly normal. The bigger problem that I've been having is with um, parents... <laughs>
0: Oh, really? And
1: is that? Yeah, yesterday there was a there was an incident in the parking lot with a parent just, just unloaded on me because I was trying to get through with a minibus. And...
0: Oh, so just like literally the logistics of getting out of the building? Yeah. Okay. It wasn't even like, how dare you make them read Virginia Woolf? No. <laughs> yeah. Right.
1: It's It's not that. And that's where, you know, I've had a lot of discussions because, you know, end of the quarter, a lot of teachers are doing assessments. Mm-hmm. And so we've had a lot of interactions with parents that are you know want the kids to have extra chances and they like they're still looking for the supports that we were able to give last year but we're running you know it's not like i'm teaching half a day now like i don't have the time you know to do that much support anymore
0: and the supports they're looking for are mainly just like open office hours just times to be able to chat directly with you then probably
1: right and and kids should have infinite opportunities to make up points and like oh well they got a d on this assignment can't they redo it you're like, like, no,
0: but the good news is we have another assignment tomorrow. <laughs>
1: right. Yeah. Or like, you know, for that one assignment that they got a C on, like they can rewrite that essay, but they have to come in and meet with me first. Things like that. And,
0: but it, it feels like a somewhat normal stress, or at least the stress that you would feel in a non-pandemic year for the most part.
1: For the most part. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. But there are I, still some of those pandemic yeah, stresses that The intensity
1: lingered. with which we're getting pushback on things seems to be higher. But, and that's where I'm not sure. <laughs>
0: The intensity, I think, across the board from like nursing to regular teaching is just dialed up for everybody.
1: Yeah. And I think what it is, (laughs) um, I was having a a conversation with a friend today. I kind of made a mental decision. Like, I'm not going to tolerate BS. You literally don't have
0: time for it, Eric. You don't have time for it.
1: Right. And so I think everybody's just in that mode.
0: Everyone is overwhelmed. And so it just makes it that much easier to just go right at someone's throat about something that you might not have complete context of.
1: Yeah. That's a good way to put it.
0: And sometimes it happens in the parking lot when you're trying to get a mini boss out, right?
1: (laughs) Exactly. And that's where like, you know, when I calm down and then when I separate, I'm able to like mentally just say like, all right, they're just as stressed out as I am. Chalk it up, move on to the next day.
0: I was thinking about, I don't feel like we've had many chess related conversations because people might not be familiar with, with, with that aspect of your life. Can you give people an update? Like, is that starting to go on right now?
1: Yeah. So we're, we just started our season. The competition started in October. And now like November, December is like the main competitive season. And I mean, as far as chess goes, it's really surprising. We've got very consistently, many coaches are telling me they have a lot of new players where during the pandemic, you know, they learned how to play chess. And then now they find out there's a chess team and they want to join. And like Guilford's team, we had five kids return. We have 11 new players. Which is unheard of like usually i get maybe three or four new players each year and i've got one girl that uh she recruited a lot of her friends so that's awesome
0: a, that's a great i she actually got
1: more girls on the team than guys this year which is
0: phenomenal i love it just get the whole friend group in on it and they're having a blast heading into the final month of 2021 imagine all those little paper snowflakes the kids you know cut out hung all around the classrooms across america cute little lights and music playing while they're doing their work I I don't really know, I'm not sure that happened in Eric's class with high school seniors, but maybe the 17 year olds got to cut out those paper snowflakes too, I I hope so. But in December, Eric found himself in a rather weird place, in the literal teacher's lounge. He actually wasn't in his classroom much at all, and so let's dive in and find out why.
1: I was lucky to have my student teacher. He's done now, so that's going to be an adjustment actually back. So actually, I haven't really spent too much time in my classroom since Thanksgiving.
0: What have you been up to? Uh,
1: I floated around. I got to visit a lot of other classrooms, um, see some other teachers. I actually tried to get a lot of work done, which is really hard in the teacher's lounge.
0: In the literal teacher's lounge. In the literal (laughs) teacher's (laughs) lounge.
1: It's impossible because everyone just wants to come in and like, you know, everyone just wants to have a five minute conversation. And so it's just this never ending cycle of people that I do want to see
0: because I haven't seen them in like two years. I don't know if you're like me, but like I'm someone that kind of needs radio silence to get any work done. Absolutely.
1: So I probably got about two hours worth of work done in a six hour day, you know, and so my student teacher, he did a knockout job. Um, I would pop in every now and then and talk to kids in the hallway and be like, how's he doing? <laughs>
0: When you have like a new student teacher like that, like, are there like specific main points usually where you're like, they need to sharpen up on X, Y, and Z, like are there specific things?
1: <laughs> well, so this was my first time having an actual like full-on student teacher. I've had observers. And then for him, it was unique because his uh, previous student teaching experience, which is supposed to be like where you teach one class for like two weeks, um, and then you observe a whole bunch. That happened during the COVID year.
0: So was he on Zoom doing that?
1: Yeah. So he stepped foot into my classroom, having not really taught a classroom full of kids ever.
0: Well, if he did a knockout job, that's an incredible man.
1: <laughs> yes, I'm. Uh, I mean, I think the cat's out of the bag, but we're trying to get him to work at Kilford next year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but he was really good. I mean, we took a couple weeks. Uh, he didn't really take over full control of the classroom until way later than he usually would have. You know, they gave me right. an outline and said at week five he would take over everything. He was starting to take over classes by then. But um, we didn't really give over full control until right before Thanksgiving.
0: I would think that like, classroom management would be the thing that you would have to, like, that's the learning curve right away, oh, I would yeah. think.
1: And I would not hand over my classroom unless he had that nailed. <laughs> yeah. But, but he walked in, he was day one, he was talking to kids like people, just respecting them. They respected him back. It was very smooth.
0: When you float around to different classrooms, like, what, what is that about?
1: Oh, it's great. Uh, (laughs) So if they're willing, I like to pop into other teachers and just watch them teach. Just watch them do their thing, see how they respond to students, see how they ask questions, um, kind of how they structure the flow of of a day. Um, And then a lot of time I just went to friends, you know, on their off periods and, you know, took away their time to work by just sitting and
0: chatting. So any moments where you're in someone else's class and you're like, oh, dang, this is this is really good. This is great.
1: I do that all the time. Um, That's probably my, the best way to grow as a teacher. Um, So I got to pop into like Mr. Weber. He's um, econ, a lot of econ, micro econ, things like that. And just the way that he interacts with kids is very, uh, he's a football coach. So he kind of brings that energy to the classroom. Oh yeah. And it's just, it's fun to watch him kind of I don't want to say bully the kids but you know but a little play uh playful banter you know he really takes it to a level that i just i don't know if i could get away with it in my room and he's really good with like grouping and giving them activities that are you know challenging and really stretch them he's very creative that way
0: it well it's good that say. you ha- at least like have the opportunity to do that
1: right yeah so the last uh maybe four weeks here you know we're just really they were great. I got to get out of my classroom, finally, to the point where I definitely got bored. <laughs> I was like, I just want to teach again. Actually, the Thursday before break here, I popped back in to watch him actually teach a lesson again, and it was so hard to keep out of it. <laughs> I didn't even make it a full hour. Right, 20 minutes into his class discussion, I was like, oh, can I just, let me just jump in.
0: <laughs> I was going to say, it's got to be like a weird, like relinquishing control it has to feel really strange. Oh, it definitely does. And I'm when I go
1: back in January, um, I'm stepping into his classroom.
0: It's, oh no, really? you're not like, this is Mr. Serwin's room. No one forget.
1: <laughs> no, they are not anxious to see me back. Um, <laughs> he was good. He was He was just as strict, actually, I would say he was more strict than I was than I would be, um, but they like him more because he's younger and hipper and cooler.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, to end off, do you want to do a little chess check-in? We did it last time. I think it, it might be appropriate oh man.
1: Ah, it's yeah, been exhausting. It? Yeah. Chess is just, it, it's really hit a grind. Our team is doing really well. Um, we actually finished third in the conference. And you had a lot of new compared players. Compared to the team. Yes, yeah. And so they just think they're not very good. And it's like, you know, we're still doing very well. Look at what we can do when we just put our nose to the groundstone and learn.
0: Okay. All right. Well, is, is there anything else? When you think of the holidays and school. It was
1: just very nice to see <laughs> the end of... It, like Christmas time with students that are uh, gifts being given you know hand uh, gift bags you know in the hallways and stuff it was really nice to see that again.
0: Happy New Year we have officially made it to January in our classroom correspondent journey and remember when I said there were a lot of students struggling this year and you'll hear a lot more about that in the new year oh and just in case you forgot this is still a pandemic and January really made sure that teachers and students Remember that. The last time that we talked, you weren't in the classroom very much. And that was because you had your student teacher teacher taking over and you were meandering around, chatting up folks, getting to sit down in other classrooms. I'm assuming that hasn't happened as much lately.
1: (laughs) No, coming back on January 3rd was a brick wall. Just (laughs) right to the face. Yeah, that first Monday I I went home, I made dinner for the kids and I was asleep by like eight (laughs) o'clock. But he did really
0: well. He wrapped up. Is this end of the semester period as you're finishing up around end of January, is that an especially stressful time of the year or? Absolutely. Um, So this is the period of year where everybody cares
1: about their grades suddenly.
0: Okay, yeah, everyone's woken up, yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and so there's a lot of students that have been kind of coasting along for various reasons, some more uh, qualified than others, but this year I was like prepared for it because mentally it happens all the time and everything else about this year is the same as normal, just turned up. So I expected a lot more need for support. And that's what I'm seeing is like, usually I have no more than three or four seniors that are in danger of failing a semester. Right now I have like 15 and they're all engaged in like wanting to pass now.
0: I was gonna <laughs> say, cause normally I would left. imagine that would be a one-on-one conversation where you lay out like, okay, this is what you need to do X, Y, and Z to be able to pass. But how do you even have time to do that for you know, to just have them in groups and be like, everyone that's failing needs to do this?
1: Yeah, kind of. Actually, last week, Monday, I spent a good two hours like emailing every parent individually. Here's where your child is at. Here's what they're missing. Here's what they can do to make it happen. And I'll be available you know, to answer your questions here. Did that for all 15 and started to get responses finally. And so we're starting to get things turned in and kids are coming in for extra help. And it's good, but it is... A, a challenge
0: do you have a feeling that most of them are going to be able to do it most of them are going to be able to pass
1: definitely most of them you know uh, are missing like one big assignment or or just you know they were missing they were quarantined for the last one and so they're still finishing up that okay um dragging their feet a little bit yeah <laughs> you know pushing the boundaries of what extended fee- you know deadline is but you know there's two or three that just were honest with me and they're just you know they chose like no i'm i'm not going to pass i'm gonna take night school next semester and i was like you don't have to yeah time hasn't run out yet right but they've made it up in their mind so those are the hard ones because it's like i would i would go to the wall for them i would stay after school i would do whatever it takes if they if they're willing to do it we'll make it happen
0: and well speaking of like having to quarantine has january been especially rough has omicron kind of uh, karate kicked everyone in the throat a little bit
1: yes um we've been uh, we've been running about 75%. So 25 a quarter of our students are absent almost every day. The first week after winter break we were missing about 500 students every day out of about 2000.
0: So that's cutting your class in like almost half at that point, right? If not like a third.
1: Right. And it it wasn't equal, you know. So there were classrooms that were, you know, classrooms of 30 were cut down to 10 and then, you know, other classrooms of 30 had, you know, 28, 29. They were almost normal there'd be a group of students out for a week and then another group of students out and they would kind of overlap. And so like, there were like these little waves kind of coming and going. So it was never clear which student was gonna be there when.
0: How much of a challenge does that put on you where you don't know how many people are gonna be there on a given day?
1: (laughs) I gave up trying to keep track of, you know, who was turning in work late versus just um, because they were out. And so it's just like, okay, give me all the work. It's, it's all on time now.
0: <laughs> if, if you've had it. Yeah. Um,
1: but like, I have to say like, it's, it's better this way because I have a whole semester's worth of routines built up. I the kids know what they're supposed to do. They know what the expectations are. The kids that really are ambitious enough will send me emails and say, Hey, can I just send you pictures of this worksheet that, you know, I had with me. Um, I'm still doing the work and, you know, here's my evidence and stuff. So, um, it, it works out. And then the kids that don't, you know, they come back and they know what they have to do. You know, there's a, they, they understand that there are, there is work to do. It's not like they just disappeared for a week and then come back and everything's already done for them.
0: Right. So it's like, it's bad, but they have experience with it being bad at this point. So yes. a little bit. Yeah. yeah. And you said when they're under quarantine, there's no blended, there's no people hopping on a zoom call while you're teaching people in person. It's just everyone who's in person is in person and you send the assignments to the folks that are quarantining?
1: Correct, yeah, we we post all of our work. It has to be posted a week in advance. Um, and now they're not; they're only quarantining for like five days. So a lot of them are just making the calculation like they'll do it when they get back. Or they're kind of picking and choosing like they'll work on social studies because that one's easy for them and they like it. And then they'll come back and do mine later. I was, you know, pat myself on the back. I planned for that, right? So. Everything that I plan now for students to do, student at work, I have to figure out, like, could they do this without my presence, you know, and and how can I set them up to do that without.
0: Heading into February, even though we just heard about that COVID surge, you're starting to see those COVID rules, which had been in effect since 2020, start to roll off. But you're also going to hear why late February-ish is the best time to be a teacher in the entire school year. Also, it's Shakespeare season for Eric's students, and they get really, really into it. And let's get really, really into February. Is your school mask optional now?
1: The mask is no longer required as of tomorrow. So as I'll let tomorrow. you know how that goes next month. Yeah. Oh,
0: geez, because I mean, that, again, I was... Listening back to our conversation from the last month, and we were talking about those numbers being as high as they were, and the fact that things have, have turned around as quickly as they have is kind of jarring. Do you feel that way? Yes.
1: Yeah, the speed that it went from, you know, oh my God, Omicron, and, you know, hallways are empty, to, you know, no masks, it's not a big deal, it's over.
0: <laughs> I can't wait to hear next month what optional looks like in practice, like what the percentages are? What do you think? Do you think it's going to be 50-50? What do you expect? Um,
1: So I actually did a poll of my students to see how comfortable they would be with me taking my mask off. Yeah. So about two thirds of my students said they won't care. And a third are, you know, about 30% floating around 40% are slightly uncomfortable to very uncomfortable. So if that's any indication of what they're going to do with their masks, I'm guessing I'm walking into about 70% of students unmasked.
0: Are those numbers good enough where you're like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it off?
1: Oh, I'm going to leave it on. <laughs> you're going to leave it on. <laughs> um, for me, if there's even like one student who yeah. feels really uncomfortable in my classroom, if I can help at all by wearing a mask, I'll do that. Um, I plan on doing a, a discussion tomorrow in class. Um, might take five minutes, might take an hour. Um, we'll see yeah. how they feel.
0: The other thing I was thinking about re-listening to last month's episode is that the last time we spoke, it was at the end of the semester and your students were really starting to care about their grades. And you were talking about how you had a lot more students than usual who were on the precipice, kind of in danger of failing. And that most of them wanted to pull it together. I, I was curious, were most of them able to, able to pull through and pass?
1: Yes. Okay. Uh, out of the 14 that I had at that point, I want to say nine of them got up to passing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of the five that did not, uh, a couple of them are already have, have already transferred out to alternative schools, which for those students, I, I think is the best choice. Right.
0: Well, at this point, you know, it's it's late February, which, again, I feel like in a blink of an eye, I think like I don't really know what, at what point in the school year you usually feel like maybe it's just after spring break where you're like, man, we really yes. are in the home stretch of things. But it feels like all of a sudden it's like maybe it's because it's warm outside You know, every couple of days, but it feels like it's like, oh, my gosh, it's already in the spring.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this is the golden period, actually, because the the students are all trained up, they know the routines, they can kind of lead discussions, and they can kind of take over things. So this is, this is wonderful. This is the best period of of the year. Yeah,
0: this is the sweet spot of they have the experience, and they know what to do, but they still have their eye on the ball and they're, they're not they're not looking ahead of the summer yet. Yeah. And then like at this point in the school year, I'm curious, what are the things that are, what are some big things going on in the classroom that you can catch us up on? What's been going on?
1: Oh man. Well, we just finished up reading Hamlet with uh, AP Lit. So that's a lot of fun. We've got a a week of kind of discussing the whole book and then writing an essay. Um, So that'll be a lot of fun. The kids really got into it. Um, I think they actually kept up on the reading (laughs) for the first time it was interesting to see that, that there were more students doing the reading than I think I've had in the past. Um, and then English 12, we just finished up uh, Macbeth. So I was switching back and forth between the two plays <laughs> all day long. That got really exhausting, but uh, wonderful. That's it's a lot awesome. of fun. I love Shakespeare. I say it's Shakespeare Sword season. Fight. Oh yeah. Sword fights in the classroom and uh, you know, movies, you know, showing little clips and comparing
0: different movie versions and
1: it's you guys just... breaking out
0: the the medieval times wooden swords for the battles in class? <laughs> oh no, I've got Nerf swords. Oh, Nerf no sword contact! <laughs> I love it. Yeah, when I was in college, I got to do one Shakespearean acting course, and uh, I got to be Horatio in Hamlet. And let me tell you, it was the perfect moody role for like nineteen year old Peter. I loved it.
1: And here you are carrying forth Horatio's charge, right? To <laughs> exactly. spread the stories, yeah.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. Is it, is it, I have to imagine that those are like, of of all the Shakespeare that you could do, I feel like those those are like the perfect ones for like, you know, juniors, seniors in high school.
1: Yeah, definitely. Macbeth is you know bloody, gory, and you know creepy with the witches and everything. And then Hamlet is just he's such a brooding, emo, gothic kind of character. I love yes. it.
0: Yeah. And isn't there like a Macbeth movie that with like Denzel Washington that's like that up for a bunch of Oscars this year? Oh,
1: I wish I would have known about it sooner. Um, I would have taken the kids to it in the theater.
0: Oh, that um, would have been maybe awesome. Maybe doing
1: a field trip. Yeah. So we were watching clips. There's already clips all over the Internet. So um, the few clips that I've seen are amazing. Yeah, don't tell anyone, but <laughs> one of my students <laughs> offered to pirate it for me. He's like, I can get it for you on USB.
0: We are into March, spring break is in sight, which means a few different things. One, his students have already got their eyes on the finish line and it is easy to get distracted. But it also means, unfortunately for just about everyone, standardized testing. Eric school, Guilford has also officially been mask optional for about a month at this point in our conversation. So let's hear about what that massive change felt like. I would say
1: most students that first week afterwards most of them still wore masks, right? And we still, even now, we still have kids that like will wear a mask underneath their chin. (laughs) And I just want to be like, you know, why? You could just take it off. It's okay. But yeah, so it was that first week and then like slowly throughout the week, fewer and fewer kids had masks on, but we're still, I would say like it's 50-50. And I kept mine on for the first week. Um, I waited until the CDC came out with the new guidelines and everything. And at that point, you know, I just had a brief conversation with my kids and I was like, okay, the CDC says I can take it off. I'm going to take it off. If you really feel uncomfortable, please come and tell me or write me a note or an email, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I've been maskless now for what, two, three weeks. How is it? The first, I felt bad. <laughs> the first day that
0: I took it off, I really genuinely It's still bad. like you still have that like weird guilt of like I'm doing something wrong or something.
1: Yeah, because I just, I don't know. I don't want, I, I don't want the kids to feel uncomfortable, but at the same time, like I followed the CDC guidance from day one and I'm not going to stop now. You know, and I think just having the open conversation kept it so that everybody was clear on what I was doing and why and made, made it more comfortable.
0: Yeah. Last time we talked to you, you were saying how like this period of time, March, just before spring break is the golden period for everyone knows what they're doing. Everyone knows what the expectations are, but we still haven't, you know, completely taken our eye off the ball and looked directly at the finish line at the end of the year. Are yeah. we still there? Or because we're so close to spring break now, is everyone kind of chilled out?
1: Yeah, the, the vibe at Guilford has been that the kids were on spring break Monday. A lot of kids have figured out how to get me off topic,
0: <laughs> you know, and then so they've done a lot of that where they get me off topic and we lose 10, 15 minutes of class. So and once you get back, your seniors are going to be just looking forward to getting out of there and getting ready to go to college.
1: Yeah, and that's we've got a nice kind of flow to what happens after break. Like in my AP literature class, we have two more weeks to kind of wrap up the quarter's worth of work. So it's like big summative things where they have homework, but it's like big ideas. It's not like little assignments. And then after that, then we just prep for the AP test, which is like three, four weeks later. And then after the AP test, it's just downhill to the end.
0: Do do you like the AP test?
1: Depends on which. Like, is is it, (laughs) do you think it's useful? As an actual accurate measure of what students are capable of? No.
0: Right. Like as a barometer of how successful they are like academically. No, not. I don't think so. Oh gosh, it's scary to say all that. <laughs> no, <laughs> but, like, everyone, agrees you, everyone agrees with you. Everyone
1: agrees. Any standardized test, that it's just the eternal problem. How do you accurately assess a student
0: in a single snapshot? Yeah, because like colleges, like a lot of them here in Illinois have like stopped looking at the ACT and SAT almost completely, right? Oh yeah. And so it's, I always think it's interesting for like high school and even like, you know, lower grades. Most people say, you know, it's not the end all be all. It's just one metric. But it's like, is it even a good metric? Is it even like useful to look at at all?
1: Right. And so I find it really interesting that people are coming to that conclusion finally, that it's not really a good measure of anything for the student. And yet I find it incredibly ironic that those are the things that determine what goes on our school report cards. We're still measuring teachers by those scores. We're still measuring schools by those scores, districts. But it's you know the conversation is starting from well, it's not really a good use for measuring the kid.
0: But you still feel like it's a, it's still a measurement that's used for your performance. Oh, it is absolutely
1: the performance that is used. <laughs> that's really Which, you know, bizarre. Which drives me nuts.
0: Yeah, that's and that you're right. Inherent just like doesn't make sense. Right, it's like judging my doctor based on my health. And
1: my- <laughs> My health is
0: bad because I eat Twinkies. You know? <laughs> yeah, this, I promise he had nothing to do with that. <laughs> right. His practice is great. And he tells me every time to stop eating Twinkies. <laughs> I'm curious, like with your, with your seniors, like, especially as you get really close to the end of the year and like most of them are thinking about, you know, what their plans for next year are going to be. Do you get to like talk to them? I'm sure like some students, yes. do you get to chat with them about what their plans are. Yeah. Anytime we have, you know, a couple of minutes,
1: if there's like a natural ending and we still have a few minutes left in class. You know, that's the easy go to question. Like, all right, who's getting acceptance letters this week? Who got a scholarship? Who signed to commit a committal letter? You know, things like that. It's, it's really exciting because they, they light up. Now, I also get on the other end, you know, I get kids who kind of swing the other direction where they start like withdrawing and, and shutting down because after high school is really, really intimidating. Yeah. Right. And Fair that's enough. something like I grew up in a world where like I was going to college, it was just a preconceived thing. I didn't think of like high school as the end of anything. Yeah. Same. But for a lot of kids, like they just don't grow up in households like that. So it's interesting working here in Rockford because, I mean, we get the whole spectrum here. It's, you know, some kids are going to trade school. Um, Someone just said they locked in. Um, They decided to join the military. Right. Um, Which, you know, it's, it's just always good to see and like hear that they've made a decision that they're taking care of in the next step.
0: When I think of April on the school calendar, one of the first things you have to think about is prom. And that's something that obviously has not happened for a few years now. So you can imagine that Eric's students were really, really happy to pin on those corsages, get dressed up. And I hope they had like a fun theme too, like prom under the sea or a night in Paris or something like that. So we have all of that fun, exciting stuff going on. People getting their college plans set in motion, And then also the stress of what's been lingering this whole school year. So, so many students, more than usual, struggling to pass Eric's class. And all of that was going on in the classroom this April.
1: I am utterly burnt out, but I just started drawing some boundaries around my extra time and I'm starting to like, feel normal again. Good for you.
0: I hope you're at least done with like the 12 hour Saturday chess sessions.
1: Yes. Okay. There yeah, you go. that all has slowed down. The amount of time working with students has slowed down. You know, AP, we're doing test prep. English 12, we're going to be doing some creative writing. Mm-hmm. Actually, I just thought of it. This is the part of the year that we got robbed of in 2020. Yeah,
0: like I guess really, you're right.
1: Yeah, the nice downhill slope.
0: Is like the level of burned out you're at at this point, does it like feel like a normal level of burnt out for what it's supposed to feel like at this point of the year? Or is it still like inflated because of everything? It's,
1: yeah, everything is just times
0: five. That's a lot you know, like, times five. It's that's, a, that's, a, yes. that's quite a multiple.
1: <laughs> the way I've been putting it is like, usually I have about four or five seniors failing at this point. I have 20, right? So the amount of like phone calls and emails and communications I have to go through is just, it's the normal stuff. It is like, that's normal. Right. just, it's just the, the volume of it. Yeah.
0: Like we were talking about that kind of thing in like January. So it's still consistent
1: that there's consistent. tons of people failing. Yeah, there hasn't really been an adjustment. In the back of my head, I'm thinking a part of it is for this particular group of students that I have, these seniors, they didn't have school really for a year and a half. Yeah, yeah. You know, getting them to like, hey, you got one more year. It was not really going to happen.
0: We've got AP tests, prep going on. Uh, what are other uh, big things going on in the classroom these days? So the big thing
1: right now is we're in prom season.
0: Oh, interesting. How, so yeah. how does that how does that affect you?
1: <laughs> um, well, so tomorrow's, uh, our prom is on Saturday, tomorrow's Friday, and I'm going to be missing a sizable number of students who are sure, sure, sure. at their hair appointments and whatnot. Uh, <laughs> you don't so,
0: get to chaperone the prom. You don't get to throw on a tux and, uh, you know, stand in the corner and make sure nothing goes awry.
1: <laughs> you know what? Um, I used to, and this year the kids have actually been asking if I am. And I thought maybe, maybe I would, but no, <laughs> is it, is it, <laughs> really is it fun? Again,
0: is it fun for you? Oh, I mean, it's yes. great for them, it's... but it's fun for you to chaperone and to supervise, I guess.
1: It really is. That's, um, that's one of the things I do miss doing. I haven't done it for years, but my wife and I would go you and get, it's a night out, you know, we would go out to dinner and then we would go to the dance or, or, you know, if the dinner was part of it.
0: Okay. Your wife doesn't get to come though. Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. That makes it a hundred times better. Than... <laughs> yeah.
1: So it's, yeah. it's just being at prom. I really enjoy the uh, the uh, the acting part of it. You know, <laughs> like I have a role to play. Right. right? Yeah. As much as I remember being a kid and thinking, like, "Oh God, why are they hassling us?" Like, that's my job now. So I get to uh, I get to lean into that and be the. You know, I think of um, like Back to the Future. Who's the bald guy's head? Ricklin or whatever. <laughs> right, right, right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The kids are just excited to have a prom. Yeah. And I'm excited for them. Yeah. Was was last year like one of those? Outdoor proms or like masked proms? It was it was like something they like tried no, to make it happen or nothing.
1: There was nothing that actually ended up happening that I know of. Oh, I know some kids were trying to get something together and yeah, it just didn't work out. Right. I forget the timing of it, but it never happened.
0: So this is first prom in three years, then. That it is it's a big deal. So we're we're in the middle of prom season now, and just <laughs> everyone's gonna be gone for appointments, getting tuxes yeah. fitted, getting hair done, all that good stuff.
1: Yeah. And then, um, you know, Monday <laughs> they've never figured out that they really shouldn't tell me, but Monday is going to be senior ditch day.
0: All right. Yeah. It's good to keep right. that on the schedule. So all the teachers now, yeah. Yeah. In well, some ways, it maybe it does make like, your, make your life a little easier. You know, the maybe scale back the lesson plan for that day.
1: <laughs> oh no. See, I do the opposite. There's, you know, there's that game that I, I like to play this. And this is a role that's been robbed of me where, you know, they know that I'm kind of just giving, a, giving them a hard time, but you know, I've got a few activities that are going to earn extra points on that day. And I told them like, oh, if you're not here, you don't get them. You know, I got to do something. Fun, right? Otherwise it's not,
0: there's no juice in it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fun. Okay. So it's prom season plus AP testing. Anything else, anything else cool happening?
1: Actually, I did forget to mention, we're going to do the uh, six flags overnight. I don't know if you've ever heard about this because not every school does it. No, not an overnight. Oh, this is huge. Um, So grad night is something that six flags does. They'll do like two or three weekends and they use it as training for their new staff and graduating seniors will take buses, you know, from whatever school makes it happen and they'll do all night long. We get there, you know, 10 o'clock at night, we leave four or five o'clock in the morning and it's just, it's awesome. And as a chaperone, all I have to do is be there. I don't have to like follow kids around. They just want some adults walking around. Yeah. So I get a free ticket to great America and ride, ride rides with no lines.
0: That's amazing. So it's not just like, oh, you go to Great America and then they spend the night. It's like you guys are at Great America in the middle of the night riding. Absolutely. Yeah. All the way. That is awesome.
1: That is so cool it is the most amazing thing and i've missed it so much it's been 3 years i'm ready to ride some rides
0: <laughs> hey, yeah let's get i mean i can't even imagine what it's like to you you're riding the you know, these huge fast roller coasters and it's like pitch black out. Well, I'm sure it's lit up and everything but still it's got to be a yeah. different atmosphere well, there,
1: and there's like there's the one where you know the first big drop goes down into a tunnel where like during the day you can see oh there's the tunnel but at night you're just going into it there's just a nothing but black under you <laughs> oh it's so fun
0: that's awesome Awesome. There you go. Well, have fun riding the American Eagle at 1 o'clock in the morning for me. (laughs) Will do. We've made it to the last full month in the school year. It is May and the summer is so close. Eric's seniors are just about graduated, which means that he has a lot of time to reflect on the school year that was. And this is our last classroom correspondent segment of the year. And I wanted to give Eric just a little extra space to fully talk about this year and why, in his opinion, the 2021-22 school year was even more challenging than the last year, even though that year had more obvious pandemic restrictions. So let's hear him explain why in this last segment of the school year. Do you feel like at this time of year, like as your seniors are just finishing up and you're getting a couple of thank you cards and stuff like that, do you feel like you've got time yet to start to look back and reflect on on the year that was, or do you feel like you just still got your head down trying to finish everything up for this year first?
1: Oh, no, I've definitely kind of made the switch to like reflecting. Um, I've done my course evaluations. I printed out, it was 22 pages of comments that I got this time. Wow. Uh, It's a lot. And so I've been doing more than I've ever really gotten. So I've been doing a lot of reflecting back on how the year went, uh, things that I can improve and change concretely. And then just also thinking about the year as a whole.
0: Right. It was still it was still a weird year, all things there considered. You. A little bit less weird, I suppose, than the year before that, yeah. probably. But still, and it's like, what are the, what are some things that have stuck out to you as you've been trying to think back about the big things this year, and as you're looking back on it? Uh,
1: I think the biggest thing is that like this year was more challenging than last year. Oh, even more. Yeah, in, in a weird way, it's like, um, at least last year, everything was totally wrong right? Nothing was going correctly. (laughs) Right. Um, Everything was a mess. And there was this overriding assumption that like, we're just surviving. Um,
0: Like there was some, there was some grace because we're like, everyone knows this is chaos. So we'll cut everyone a little bit of slack. Right. And looking
1: back this year, you know, I think we started the year feeling like, well, it's still pandemic and we're still going to figure this out. But then because we were going to school every day and everything was kind of routine is that, you know, that fell away. And pretty soon it was just, you know, why are these kids not doing work? What's going on? Why are teachers, you know, everything was really, it was a, it was a huge struggle to get back into like full-time school after the previous year and a half.
0: So we just, do you think that we just like too quickly, maybe in some cases tried to jump fully back into, this is a completely normal school year with the completely normal set of expectations that we have for everybody?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. It was just, it was too much too fast and we didn't, you know, like teachers, like veteran teachers like me, like I'd done this for 15 years before the pandemic. So it was just a matter of like, okay, let me return. But, you know, we have a lot of, the student perspective is very different. We have teachers that started during the pandemic. Um, So just a lot of things that we never really took into account, like how do we, how do we do this? And especially we missed that opportunity to like reboot and say, look, we're going to start over and here's some things we're going to do differently to meet everybody's needs so it feels like a missed opportunity this year at least at least here in Rockford I mean I I did a lot of things in the classroom to make to kind of like accommodate for that um but like on the course eval a lot of the reflections the kids came back they were saying like I wasn't as available for help which is true I you know I've cut back um from previous years I was always kind of 24 7 you can text me anytime all my prep hours all my lunch hours I'll just be there this year I hit a a pretty hard breaking point pretty early. <laughs> and so like I did, I restricted and I said, look, I'll give you these office hours. This is when I'm available. I'll still respond to texts anytime. And, and the students, you know, felt that like I wasn't available enough. You know, it's, it's like we, we established a, a standard for what teachers could do last year and then expected us to continue doing it this year while the work
0: increased, you know, doubled. <laughs> right. Yeah. It, it was completely unsustainable to continue that on. Right. And like because of that, you had to set some just generally like a little bit more healthy restrictions on your time. And because of that, right. that's hard. It's kind of a lose lose situation. Yeah. And so I think at the end of the day, you
1: know, we did the best we could with what we had. Yeah. <laughs> um, the challenges this year, they, they've really helped me. I'm I'm already looking forward to like next year. <laughs> and like I'm You've already, already got your plan of place. attack. Oh, yeah. Like I've already got uh, emails out. I'm already like starting wheels on a, on a few things that I can get done. Because um, for the next two weeks, I have this glorious window as a teacher of seniors in Rockford, where I have to come to work every day, but I don't, I don't have any students to teach. So um, I've already got a few things lined up that I'm going to work on uh, getting a new working group of teachers together. And that's kind of like where I get is like, I, it got pretty dark last week with students kind of like clawing at me, <laughs> trying to get like, a better grade or, you know, that natural pushback that like, oh, I don't think I get what I earned. Um, so last year was, or last week was rough, but this week I'm, I'm putting my focus on like moving forward. What, what lessons can I take and implement for next year?
0: Yeah. It seems like a common theme that we've talked about throughout this whole school year is that we're experiencing problems that happen in any year. They've just been Dialed up to eleven, yes. and that you just see way more of those challenges. Would you say that's a similar situation with what you've experienced in the last week or so?
1: yeah definitely it's It's kind of the same pattern um, you know when I sit back and reflect on it, it's just the same stuff that happens it's just multiplied by like four or five mm-hmm. right so where usually I'll have one or two students who are really going to extreme lengths to try and manipulate me and get their grades up. you know this year i I was dealing with about a good dozen um Kind of throughout the week last week, uh, between emails and phone calls, um, I spent like 30 hours last week just dealing with that and nothing else.
0: Right, nearly a full week of work just on that. Right, yeah, on
1: top of the regular work, which wasn't you know that much, um, and it was really hard because I was trying to do end of year like our big kind of like send off lessons where I'm trying to like be chipper and <laughs> tell kids you know oh look at how far you've come and and I just had you know those. I just gotten off a phone call five minutes before you know that was pretty negative Uh, but yeah so it's just that volume has been turned up uh the amount has been turned up and yet at the same time um i think i'm actually going to be able to make it through this year with only one student failing out of the whole 116. um and i don't know if that's just me (laughs) being more on the on the ball or or what? But I was able to actually get all of the kids who were missing work to turn things in. Um, like when the deadline really finally hit, they did execute. They might so not be happy to... with the grade, but right. everybody's going to pass. So.
0: so that has to feel at least a little bit better on your end, having to go through all this and, and have a chaotic last week or so. And at least when the dust settled, things probably could have been worse <laughs> than they ended up. Oh, yeah,
1: definitely. Yeah, there's, I'm not going to have, you know... Usually I have like five or six students at the most, you know, that'll fail. And then, you know, they're going off and they're paying for night school or summer school and getting their diploma that way. And that never, it never feels right. Like if if you were in my class, I should be able to get you over the finish line. And so the fact that we were able to do that this year with so many extra challenges is, you know, it's a good thing. And I'll be happy on Thursday when it's over.
0: Were there lessons or or books that get called out more than others in that, that that people seem to really, really enjoy or get a lot out of?
1: Yeah, the one that surprised me was 1984. So doing that book um, is usually kind of a slog because it's, you know, it's very slow moving at first and everything. Um, And they didn't seem too into it as we were doing it. But very consistently
0: that was mentioned as like, you know, because I have a question, you know, what are
1: your favorite moments? And it came up probably 30, 40
0: times. Interesting. You were saying that you're already like in the process of of scouting out your strategy for the next school year, things you want to work on, things you want to improve with, talk with other teachers about anything specific that you can can share about things that you maybe want to work on, things that you think you can do better in the next year or just generally are thinking about in terms of your approach for the next school year. Yeah, the one that I'm
1: most excited about is um, we have a, a group of senior teachers who teach seniors in advanced placement courses. So AP seniors. Um, and we're gonna get a working group together. There's like five or six of us that are gonna work um, trying to bring our expectations in alignment. So like, so our syllabus, we can have the same late work policy. We can have the same attendance policy and, and bring all those things into alignment because we generally have a lot of the same students. So if we can um, bring our practices and expectations together, we might be able to kind of like catch some of the kids who get just confused because like, oh, I got expectations for this person and this person and this person. It's hard
0: to keep them straight. So like, that's, that's a big thing. Yeah. Well, you got only a few weeks left. And so, you know, when these segments air, it's always the last Friday of the month. And so by this time next month, you'll be completely done. It'll be the summer for you. And so I feel like, yeah, this is really our last time for the school year to, to reflect back. I hope that doing this segment and, and having to come by and think about what's been going on in the classroom over the last couple of weeks. I hope that that's helped you in some way, either like reflect better or assess yourself something. I hope it's helped in some way.
1: Oh, it definitely has. Because um, I'm, you know, I'm always constantly reflecting, but usually like in an Excel spreadsheet.
0: <laughs> right. Not in like a literally, I'm going to talk myself through it. <laughs>
1: right. And so it's, it's helped me to like verbalize the the chaos that goes on in my head. So it's been a lot of fun, actually.
0: I'm glad that it's been fun, and then I guess if if there's not anything else that you want to share, if there is, I mean, you've got the floor. But otherwise, I would just ask you, like, is there any, what's the thing that you're looking forward to the most this summer?
1: Actually, just going camping. <laughs> I can't wait to get back outside and be outside for, you know, a good week or two.
0: All right, happy summer. School is out. We made it. <sighs> Just another wild ride and I am glad that we got a little bit of a peek behind the curtain of that wild ride with our classroom correspondent. I really can't thank Eric enough for taking the time out of this more than busy schedule to give us an accurate look at what it's like to go through a school year, you know, ride the roller coaster with him and all of the students in whatever small way we could with this segment. I also feel like we would be remiss not to wish Eric's newly graduated seniors luck with whatever they go on to do. This was Teacher's Lounge Classroom Correspondent. And of course, if you listen to our Teacher's Lounge radio show on the last Friday of every month at 11 a.m. on WNIJ, you got to hear this story unfold in real time as it was happening. So jump on if you can. Our segment will be back in August after we let Eric have some well-deserved time off with his family. As he said though, he's already plotting out how he could be an even better teacher in 2023. Thank you, of course, for listening to Teacher's Lounge. As always, feel free to nominate a teacher in your life to be on our show. It's how we get all of our great guests. Send them our way to teacherslounge at niu.edu. And wherever you're hearing the podcast, please do subscribe and leave us a rating, share it, whatever you can do. It's the best way to get even more teachers, even more perspectives on our show. Also, please do subscribe to the Teacher's Lounge newsletter if you want to stay up to date on everything having to do with the show. You can find a link to do that on this episode's webpage over at WNIJ.org. A big, hearty thank you to the Northern Illinois Band Kindups for the music you hear each and every episode. And a thank you to Spencer Tritt who made our beautiful Teacher's Lounge logo. I've been your host, Peter Medlin, and we'll be back with more Teacher's Lounge very soon. See ya.